This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, October 20th, 2020, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author and podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Did you say something? Did he say something? I didn't. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching him, and I was like... The video froze. I was like, what's going on in the video? He's yelling. I did say something. Did it... um, It didn't show up? I don't. We had to bleep it out, whatever it was. It was... It was... Yeah. (laughs) Dang it. No. What's up, though? Like, I think it's a really, that'd be a really good <laughs> idea for like, if you want to know if you're on a zoom, cause we've all been on these zoom calls, right? Where you, there you got, you know, they, when I watch red zone and it really goes uh, for on Sundays, and then they pull up the octo box where it's eight different games. Like we've all been the octo box. We're like the penta box right now. We got five, but everyone's yeah. been on there. And, and so like George Costanza used to have this thing on Seinfeld where if he was in a big meeting like that in person, he would leave his briefcase behind on on quote unquote accident and leave a tape recorder in there rolling. So when he left the meeting, uh, he could come back ten minutes later and be like, "Oh, I forgot my briefcase," and he would re-listen to the running tape to see if people talk bad about him. Right, <laughs> Derek, your whole thing gives me an idea for like a way to do this in the digital in like the Zoom era. Like you're All in a big right. meeting, things are getting heated, and you're like, "I wonder what people say if I just wasn't on right now." You literally just go like this. And you just you freeze, <laughs> oh, you your freeze. freeze. You freeze yourself. And, 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 and it's yeah, it's like that that uh, you know that dumb TikTok and, 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 challenge. And like guys, is this is man? No wonder. Like I'm sure yeah, you can't even get, get, get a good internet connection. Yeah, you can't even get a shirt. bandwidth, much less <laughs> working. And did you hear that comment? And all the and you're just frozen. You know, you're just freezing your body. It's the perfect. <laughs> it's the perfect thing. I'm gonna have to try that in a Zoom meeting. That's uh, the 2020 equivalent of the people who would leave their voicemail. Hello. Hello. Uh-huh. Oh yes. Hello. Oh, sorry, I'm not here. And then you it's feel like so, an idiot. Yeah, it's so good. Um, hey, I, before I, you know, I, before I, look at Derek. Do you want me to get to it, or do you want to just do this? Yeah, yeah, I'll just do, look at Derek is doing it right now, and I honestly thought he froze. I just glanced out. I'm not like we just talked about it. And Derek is sitting there perfectly still with an expression on his face, and I looked down and, the, and, I, and I honestly almost looked. I, I even though this is how, this is how good that was, Derek. I almost looked at Clark right now and be like, "Hey, dude, but seriously, we do need to look at Derek's connection because he's." Just <laughs> and then I was going to talk badly about you. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, hey, there, I know we we're already talking about um, you know, ways to eavesdropping people on Zoom. But one one other thing I want to ask you guys about is is uh, you know Halloween's coming up, and I know we talked about costumes and um, well, I'm that's a, the feedback today. So yeah. everybody, stay tuned because oh, I can't your wait. question of the week feedback we asked you last Tuesday's show uh, for creative, timely. 2020 costume ideas and yeah. so that you guys hit us up some great ones coming up at the end of the show so i hey, got to think about halloween i mean it's a week and a half away or so at this point so 
well, you know, because I, I remember when I was, uh, you know, like at the age for at Halloween where you're at that awkward age where you're a little too old to be trick or treating anymore. Right. But you're not old enough to go to like the high school Halloween party. So those awkward couple years. We're talking about like tween years. Yeah. Or like how, yeah. How old? Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah, 12, 13, you know, 12 ish. Okay. Like, you All know, right. it's just too weird to be out trick or treating. You feel too old for it. But like I said, you're not in high school and you're not going to the big high school Halloween parties. And so I remember one year, and I'll tell you why I'm telling this story, Matt. I remember one year, me and my buddy from down the street, we were in that same boat. All our friends were kind of, you know, you know, we just felt weird about trick-or-treating anymore. So we decided like, hey, let's let's just hang out and, and we'll scare some punk younger kids and we'll catch them red-handed. It was basically like a, a Chris wow. Hansen a dateline situation right? <laughs> except we had a candy we we're looking for candy thieves um, oh you like you would leave oh, the, the bowl thieves. out so, so so we left a big bowl the plan was this put all the candy in one to of the big a candy bowls. predator right uh-huh. yeah. and and we put it on a chair on the porch and it says take two please okay right. oh, and, yeah. and, and and little do they know we're right inside the window in a dark room like looking out and the idea is essentially when some punk kid comes and dumps all bag we come storming out we got you Shame, shame, you know, right. like really give them the scare of all. Then, then it goes from to a scared straight situation. Okay. Dude, have you seen, have you seen the scared straight ones where not, not actual, but like where Halloween bowl out, you know, and they have this like zombie on the yeah. rocking chair or something. Yeah. And the kid does exactly what you just said, takes too much. And the zombie is actually the homeowner and like yeah. jumps Gosh. out and like okay. scares the kid to death. Have you seen the YouTube videos where like, you know, when somebody, when different people are scared face. out of their mind, you fight, you do different things. Yeah. Mainly you punch. And so yeah. the homeowner gets knocked out. Have you seen yes. these? They're yeah. so funny, dude. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Well, so, so we, we, we get it and we're like, man, this is gonna be so fun. We're gonna catch these punks. You know, the, literally the first person that walks up is a little kid in like a Star Wars costume and a full grown own dad with him and he's wearing a cow costume like a chick-fil-a cow costume <laughs> this kid reaches up grabs two pieces of candy puts it in his bag the 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 who i'm assuming is the father looks around in his cow costume and he grabs a whole bowl and dumps it in the bag <gasps> And he's a gra- massive grown man in a cow costume. There's no way. Twelve no years way. Yeah. We, we just sat there dumbfounded. Our whole Halloween was ruined. We, we, we were so mad, and we felt like we had no recourse. Okay, we felt like, we, like, hey, do, do you know hey, what we did? Do, the dad. do you know what we did? We wrote a letter to the local paper, and the headline was utterly disgusted. And it was utter. That's I swear it's true. That is not true. Wrote, that is li- it, not your lie. I know, Derek. Are I you a seventy-three-year-old woman? Recourse. We had no recourse. No, you are lying, Jesse. I Did need they publish it? Clipping. I need Utterly clipping. disgusted. Look, hey, I can promise you. He I knew the power you. of media back when he was 11. Yeah, you know right? they, they, they didn't publish it, but I do. <laughs> I, if I were to contact my buddy, who used to live down the street from me, who I haven't spoken to in probably 25, 20 years at least, he would confirm this story. All right. I, I need Look, this is a dilemma we're all going to have like in a week because are we going to open the door for the trick-or-treaters are we doing outdoor bowl situations how's this going to work okay two things number one i heard someone recently say they were going to put a bunch of candy on like skewers okay are you with me like okay 
What? And Spikes. put them all in their yard. <laughs> so the kids would just dangerous. come by and grab one. Hey, listen, this feels weird, of, right? Just just wander around my front yard full of spikes in the dark. Uh, you'll find it. You'll find some candy. Don't worry, there's candy in there. There's candy there. That, that sounds so, awful. I know, right? And then our neighborhood sent out an email that we could stand at the end of our driveway with a bowl and the kids could just walk by and pick it up. But why the spikes? Why not? Why not just throw? I, I might just get like a couple big jumbo bags and just dump them all over the yard. Like why don't I might you get use your my little potato gun, gun Jesse. Use your potato gun and shoot the candy out. No, no, no. I'm gonna use my grass seed, my grass seed spreader, and just fill it with candy and just like walk around the yard with it. Just you could do it with nerds. You could just open all the nerd packs and put it in your in your weed spreader. Yeah, exactly. It's difficult to. Or, I don't know what or, we're gonna or do. Or guys, year. you could just uh, get like a small table, put a, put get a little bowl, put some candy in, just leave it out there for them. No, put some they, sanitizer you, next you to it. Tell them to pop two sanitizers, and grab a yeah, candy. You know yep. what I'm saying? You, you can know, do that. You know what we need is like, no. Don't want to do it. <laughs> hey, how about this? How about those movies? How about those movies where they're like on a on a on a spaceship and they got to do some ex, you know weird experiment and, and there's like a glass thing and they put their hands through gloves and they <laughs> yes. work on the other side of the wall <laughs> yeah. with like the the you know the alien yeah, artifact. Like the bubble or, boy. Yeah, 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 exactly. We just need those on our front door. Like on my front door, I want a little window to. To peek out, and I want uh, I want gloves on the outside, <gasps> so from the inside I can just jam my hands in, and I Jesse, can oh, trick or treat. Here you go. I live you in go. a you know I live in a mid century house. Original yeah. front doors. I got a mail slot. My mm. old house didn't have a mail slot. I could just have a long stick and stick it out the mail <laughs> slot, and put the little Snickers on the end, drop it off. Oh, the pincher thing. I can do the pincher thing. Yeah, there's yeah. It's <laughs> guys, you slot. can just put stakes all over your yard full of candy, and then <laughs> Derek, no kid falls on them. I really like the idea of a small table with a yeah. pumpkin shaped bowl and some yeah. candy inside of it. You just leave it outside the door. Or it's you can do what my old neighbor did. Too. My old neighbor left all their lights off. They're not enough to leave all your lights off. Like we don't, we don't celebrate Halloween. I'm just going to leave the, the porch dark. No, they put a note on their front door basically telling you why they don't celebrate Halloween because of they're course. Christians. Of course. And basically no. you're in the wrong for even trying to get candy from them. There's, of course. We can all just be like that. Just, just be go like, to hey. bed. Just go to bed. <laughs> just turn just your lights on. Just go to bed. Yeah, it's very passive aggressive. My old neighborhood had, had several houses that were lights off, notes on the door, judgmental. Did those houses neighbor- get egged? No. But my new neighborhood is all Biden signs, so I think everybody oh, will be yeah. celebrating the dark <laughs> arts this, this Halloween. So we'll see. You're good to go. You're good to go. <laughs> so basically, uh, you live in a witch's coven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this year's going to be interesting. I, th- I think Derek's the, the. I think that's the call, man. I think it's like street, out, street side, small folding table, some decorations, but Boom. there's a little bit of separation Boom. between you and the good to go. Neighbors. That's, that's smart. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Eugene Cho, who is the new president of Bread for the World, a uh, longtime pastor and um, social justice leader from Seattle. Eugene's one of our heroes. I mean, if you've been reading Relevant over the last 10 years, we've had conversations with him countless times. We love Eugene. Uh, well, some of the stuff we talk about, not only just what he's doing now with Bread for the World and all that, but uh, a little more timely conversation, uh, how Christians can stop being such jerks online. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe something he's, we should hear. He, he, he's one of my favorite people right now, Cameron. Yeah, he was on your podcast. He was on my podcast recently. recently, and then just yesterday he was like on again. So yeah. Wow. There you go. 
Everybody, if you listen to Jamie's podcast, now you're triple dipping with Eugene Cho. You're going to be the, one right. of the wisest audiences <laughs> out there. All right, stay tuned for that. Up next, it's Slices. I ain't even put my juice on. Listening to Anderson Pack, the song is Jules. Well, today's show is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. Let's be honest, talking about health insurance is not something anyone really likes to do. It can be confusing with lots of jargon, plus, who knows really what it's actually going to take care of. That's why Samaritan Ministries is a health care option you should consider. It's not insurance. It's Christians sharing healthcare costs and encouraging one another when there's a medical need. Here's how it works. You choose your healthcare provider. Medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries. They notify members to pray and send you money for your shareable bills. The money received is used to pay your medical bills. Healthcare sharing is biblical and affordable. Samaritan members directly share healthcare costs with other members and the cost for an individual can be as low as $75 a month. You can join Samaritan Ministries any time of year, so why not today? Samaritan members know that when an illness or injury happens, fellow members are there to support them. Learn more at SamaritanMinistries.org slash Relevant Podcast. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash Relevant Podcast. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, I, I have a two for both are, are relatively quick. The first is the slices a, jingle is what Jamie's going to do with candy for all the children. She's going to stick <laughs> swords <laughs> in the yard, just Listen, trying to I navigate through the. Jeez. The parents will love me when they bring home all the sticks. Yeah, I couldn't find spikes for the candy, but I have a tremendous amount of knives. And so I'll just, I'll just, use, just put knives and candy in the yard so the kids will figure it out. Um, the kids will figure it out. <laughs> uh, you used to be worried about razor blades in the candy. Yeah, now it's yeah. large kitchen knives yeah. Yeah. attached hey, to the oh, candy. What am I supposed to do? I'm not going to leave a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what house isn't getting candy stolen from? The one yeah. where the crazy well, homeowner has a bunch of knives in the front. Don't steal from them. I think you're going to be fine. Don't steal from the knife house. It's just a good general rule. Um, <laughs> the uh, okay. So one, I, I have a two for uh, uh, the first one is a this. There's a company called Omni Calculator, and they make they basically make the uh, calculators that. You can uh, uh, punch in different factors in your lifestyle and it will come up with a solution for things like exercise or sleep and things like that. Well, now they have one that is a kill your dead time calculator uh, because it will tell you how many podcasts you can listen to uh, over the course of a week, a month and a year based on your day to day schedule. So you go into this, you can go to omnicalculator.com and look for the podcast calculator. Uh, but you type in numbers of like, What's your daily commute? How much time do you spend doing daily chores, uh, exercising or kind of other activities you can, uh, you know, do along with listening to podcasts, average podcast length, um, how concentrated you have to be on that podcast. So like if you're doing a task that requires some, it'll it'll take down your listening efficiency a little bit. So that shaves off your hours at the end of the year. But anyway, that's a, you get that's a big thing for me. Jesse, you listen to podcasts like all day. Oh. I don't know how you do that. Uh, like I, I, I 
If yeah. I'm if I'm working with words, which is my life, yeah, I can't listen to words. Yeah, I can't either. So I yeah. listen to music while I'm working with words, and then when I'm not working with words, I don't really want to hear words. So I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, unless I'm traveling. Then I, do. I, I, li- I listen to more podcasts than I, I did. My calculations like I listen to more podcasts, the calculator. I don't know how I'm getting them all in, but uh, yeah. like I, I listen to more podcasts than I I consume podcasts. Well, you do physical activity. Media. You do yeah. your yard. You work yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I don't do any. Of that. Do you yeah. listen, Jesse, at speed and a half? Uh, no, not. I mean, I'm only, I, I only listen, listen on speed and a half. I only listen on speed and a half. If I'm, if I'm doing it for like, if we like, let's say we were doing a segment for the show, you know, and, uh, I'll, you know, we've done goofy segments in the past, you know, and we will have an interview, we'll have music, have bumps. If I'm doing it for that reason to like give producer notes, I listen to it accelerated. But if I'm listening like recreationally, like if I'm on a run or something, I always listen normal time just, hmm. and, and not out of artist intended yeah not out of principle just i just enjoy it better like that you know interesting um why oh jamie why do you do it just to so you can get through more content because you can listen to more shows yeah, i can consume more because okay. I, I can still take it my brain can still work with it like my husband will get in the car and if i have a podcast on he literally is like this hurts my head i cannot but, listen to what you're listening but do to. you listen to mainly thought-provoking content or do you listen to funny stuff because to me comedy or like y'all's banter at the beginning of our show would be terrible at speed and a half because you li- you miss the timing you know what i mean yeah i don't know i can do it my brain can adjust it i listen to every show at speed and a half wow that's crazy. so is it weird when you have a normal conversation and the person like, doesn't sound so like a chipmunk slow this okay. is how the show sounds normally hey, hey have you ever because on spotify you can actually lower the listening time to like, <laughs> it sounds like drunk people it, it sounds like somebody got into the witch's cauldron potion it will just kind of slow jamie, them jamie does down? it affect your interviewing like on your conversations on your show if somebody's talking normally to you do you want them mentally are you thinking like can you talk faster? Like you speak No, up? but I I do think I'm a fast talker. And so, but I don't ever listen to my own show. So it's not like I'm, I think people might struggle listening to my, because I think I talk fast, but no. Wait, wait, wait. I, you I, don't I, listen I do to your real, own podcast? Uh, every once in a while, but not, I'm like. Derek, you listen to your music, don't you? For sure. Yeah. But, but I'm always like, do you go back and listen to the relevant podcast? I do. Oh, I only will if it's like I, I need to talk about it and I forgot what we talked about because I record way ahead. I'm almost done for the year. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for, okay. for me. So number when a one, show comes out, I literally am like, now, what did we talk about? For, for me, the reason why I listen, this is honest truth. Like I when we would do the magazine, that was so intensive and such hard work. And it took months to do an issue like I didn't look at it again. Once I went to the printer, I was done. I mean, mm. like we're on to the next one. But this show, to me, it's our relationship. So I get to relive kind of like this is yeah. fun and I enjoy it. And two, I'm listening, though, like if I'm not engaged or if I'm not interested in what we're doing, the listeners probably aren't either. And Sheesh. so that's a time to hit reset. Like we need yeah. to shake it up. Right. And so that to me, just thinking about how to keep the show fresh is like, man, if I'm enjoying it, if I want to listen to it, if I'm laughing along, I don't find myself fast forwarding or getting bored, then we're good. But if I do, I'll hit Clark up and be like, man, we need to do a game next week or something because we got to shake it up. You yeah. know what I mean? So like I yeah. listen for two reasons. So. Yeah. Anyway, I'll listen back for content. Like I'm releasing a show soon where the content's a little heavy and could be controversial. So I've listened to it twice already just to be like, okay, is this, is this okay? Is this what I want out there? So yeah, sometimes I'll listen back like that. 
And Derek, yeah. Derek, let me ask this. This is for real. Like, this isn't conceited or anything like that. I, but, like, do you listen to your music, like, recreationally? Like, you put it on because you like it? Like, mm-hmm. you're proud of it? Or do you listen to it critically about your art and how you want to evolve it moving forward? I listen to all music critically. That's kind of the... Uh, that's the sucky thing about being it's an artist curse. for a living. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like I, I can't even go to a live show without judging the mix. Breaking it ju- down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, that's just it. But I do listen also recreationally too. Like after, usually it's after it's come out for a while and then I've moved on for a minute. I kind of go back and kind of, it's kind of like nostalgia because every album kind of has a season of life wrapped in it too. Mm-hmm. So like when I go back yeah. and listen to certain albums, it kind of reminds me of just where that season of life was at and all that. So yeah, I, I do it, but yeah, I mean, I'm my favorite rapper, like no cap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like by all means, in front I'm of my Kanye. favorite rapper. Yeah, in yeah. front of Kanye. He's yeah. my second favorite. You need though. to put that as a as an endorsement blurb on your next album cover. <laughs> I am my favorite rapper. <laughs> I am my favorite rapper. <laughs> no cap. Most artists are their favorite artists. Yeah, they won't. Most artists won't tell you that, but most artists are their favorite artists. But that's that makes what, sense. I mean, that's why they're making music because they or or whatever their yeah. art form is yeah. because they, they think believe they can in it. put something out yeah. there that's really good. Yeah, for sure. You could tell when an artist is not his favorite artist because he's making awful music. Yeah, it's like dang, you don't really <laughs> like yourself that much, huh? Well, well. So, so all, huh. all this say is if uh, uh, if people want to calculate how much time they could be listening to more incredible podcasts, they can check out the podcast calendar. I got one more quick uh, slice for my twofer. Um, there's another uh, business uh, in Louis uh, Louisville. Um, they do something there. It's a big deal. Evidently, they draw tens of thousands of people uh, a year to this thing called the Danger Run, and it's basically um, you get instructions and clues, and they kind of send you around town on a scavenger hunt through kind of like haunted places so it's sort of like escape room meets scavenger hunt meets you know haunted house tour well let obviously- me guess let me guess they're running around louisville this is a bunch of white people <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know the demographics of 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 danger run uh customers but because I, I think a danger run in louisville is a little different now well, they uh, would they they basically figure out a way. They're still going to do it, but it's going to be all for COVID reasons, all car based. And so you so basically you can sign up to do this, and you go and you download the Danger Run app, and it tells you where to drive around town, what clues to look out for, and you can do it all without getting out of your car. See, they're being very solution oriented. Mm. This would be a person who has spikes of candy all throughout the yard. They see <laughs> where other people see a problem. They see an opportunity so you can do a car based uh, scavenger hunt because all the, the well I say all the haunted houses and hell houses at churches are probably shut down this year some churches are probably doing hell houses yeah, where literally, church. literally someone dressed up as a demon screams directly into your face and it's even more scary because they're not wearing a mask so that uh, <laughs> the, uh, the haunted houses down here we have Universal Studios and stuff and they do Halloween Horror Nights I mean it's a huge deal with like they take over the whole park, do these massive haunted houses. And this year, obviously they're not doing it. And then they decided at the last minute, like we'll do a couple. So they did a couple of haunted houses last weekend. And it's just like, what? <laughs> like, like who, who, that, who thought that was an okay idea? You know, anyway, yeah. but people went, yeah, of course they went. Cause people are stupid. So 
I don't like haunted houses though. So I'm it COVID or not, I'm not going to a haunted house ever in my life. My weird thing really? is I, I'm with you. No. I don't like the dark art stuff. I don't like the oppressive stuff. And I never watched a horror movie ever in my life. I was just like, why? But the thing I've gone a couple of times with friends that I don't have that gene where when you're scared, you jump. Like I don't have that reflex like that. Ah, thing. What do you do? Yeah. Nothing. Like I let just oh. like look at you slowly. Like, so they would always put me in the front of our line as we'd go through the haunted house. And then when people would jump out at us, like I'm not reacting at all. I just look at the actor like, okay. And then, you know, my friends are like screaming and crying and all this stuff. And I'm just like, this is boring. Like, why are, yeah. what are we no. doing here? Yeah. I'm out here. This may be TMI, but listen, all the women will understand. I straight pee my pants in a second. When people jump out and scare me. I don't have time for that. Nope. Uh-uh. I'm out. Jamie, you can't take you. it. You can't take Mm-mm. it? No, don't scare me. No, 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 what are you? Are you are you even a scary movie guy, no, Derek? No, 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 no. I grew up in a Pentecostal household. I know how this works. <laughs> Demon's gonna be all in your crib. You just, you just, I know how this works, guys. So no, you open not, the the doors. You open, open the door. You open the door yeah. for the spirit realm. Yeah. For the spirit of Chucky to take over your. You wonder why your kids is bad. That's why they bad right now. Not here watching Chucky. Not here watching all the stuff. Why your kids is bad? That's why you got you know you got to discipline them all the time. I will say nothing's been more liberating as <laughs> as someone who's a grown up who also grew up in a relatively charismatic religious environment. Nothing is more liberating than coming to the conclusions by reading the Bible yourself. Because like I would hear all this stuff like, hey, well, listen, we're not against meditation, but when you clear your head of everything, you don't know what's going to come in. And it's like. <laughs> Well, what, show me that verse where, where where there's like real estate in my head and if I clear it something's going to sneak in I forgot reading that oh wait and actually oh, the bible says meditate on the law yeah, day yeah. and night but, but you hear all this stuff the same thing with like you know scary movies like inviting it into I'm not literally inviting the girl from the ring through my TV I'm watching a story about her on a different TV I like, know how this works you're not going to get me Jesse you're not tricking me buddy I know how this works Derek, let's, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say something to talk about scary stuff, but let's just pivot because I, I am. Do you watch scary movies, Jesse? Not regular. Uh, I, I I don't watch a lot of horror movies. I watch them if like people are hanging and want to watch them. But I do watch a lot of like creepy stuff. Like I love like unsolved mysteries. Suspense I like thrillers. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. I, I yeah. like stuff that uh, there's a degree of mystery to. I, I you know what I'm saying. Like I don't watch a lot of stuff that's very like gory. And not because again, it's not. I have some you know moral opposition. I, you I should. Don't, yeah, I mean, I don't, it doesn't, I don't really think about it. You know what I mean? But I, shame, I will watch shame. something that is creepy and unsettling if I feel like there's a degree of like intrigue and mystery to it. You know? I think the the closest thing to a horror movie I've ever seen is like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Like, I yeah, just that's don't. Not, that's yeah. not a horror movie. I know, but like, I, I just have no interest in it. Like, number one, the spirit realm is real, you know? And like, True so story. the ones that go like a cult direction, I, I'm not playing with that. That's I'm not out. entertainment to me. And then the ones that are just like gory or you're running from a murderer, it's just like, I don't, I don't enjoy this content. Like, I don't want to see this. There's nothing appealing to that for me. A bunch of ninth grade boys upstairs in our game room the other night watched us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is now, this us is different us. though. Us is different. I think uh, like I think the Jordan Peele ones are different. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that, but I I've seen Get Out, and that I was like that. 
was freaky, freaky, freaky to me. Well, the, the other thing that's interesting is like, what is, I say arguably, this isn't anecdotal. I mean, according to like box office receipts compared to budget, you know, the most successful horror franchises, it's actually one of the most successful franchises, period, in, in, in recent decades, has been the Conjuring films and their spinoffs, like with yeah. Annabelle and the Nun. And- and yeah. we've covered them, yeah. and the two brothers who wrote them all are Christians. Exactly. And, and I yeah. have been, I've been on a trip with them, and they are the most Malibu, happy brothers, love the Lord. Like, and they wrote wear, them? Wear they like wrote this pink script. button-down shirt, and this, well, I mean, well, like, who well, are y'all, and where did that content come from? Here's, a, here's, another, like, here's another one. Uh, Scott Derrickson, who did uh-huh. uh, uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose, also right. Christian. Now, here's the thing. It's funny. I did not know that uh, about The Conjuring and the directors being Christians, but I, that's the only scary movie that I've watched in recent years. I was on a plane. It was to like the middle of nowhere. I didn't see anything on Delta that looked interesting. I was like, let me see what this Conjuring talking about. I ain't watched that. But in the Conjuring and the Emily Rose one, aren't they kind of based on a true story? Like, hey, this actually happens in the spirit realm. So these Christian guys can write it from an almost factual perspective of like, this isn't just Hollywood make-believe. This is like, this happened and demons really do this and exorcisms really are like this. And But here's what's the kicker about it. Because I thought about it, like my expectation of the conjuring was that was just going to be gory and guts and all that. It wasn't actually that it really was mostly the story of a priest losing, losing her faith yeah, and being called to do something and having to actually do that. And I, I remember this one line that, uh, one of the priests, the priest says, he says, are you people, are you people, uh, a family of faith? And they were like, no, he says, well, if I were you, I'd get to praying. Like, like I was like, yo, because he was telling them, like, there's you're not going to get rid of this by any power other than God. And I remember seeing that being like, wow, that's pretty bold for a a horror movie. Yeah. 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 Well, that's crazy. The other thing, too, is I feel that at least the horror genre does. It's okay. So, you know, the line from the the famous line in Usual Suspects where Kevin Spacey is trying to trick a police detective into, you know, into basically tricking him to see if this kind of evil figure, Kaiser Soze, this kind of person of legend is real or not. And he says, you know, the greatest trick the devil ever played was to convince people he didn't exist. Because Uh as soon as you believe in the dark side, the only there's only one logical conclusion that there's also a good side. So so in other words, like if if you could kind of go too far down a path and, and, and having what you think are real spiritual experiences with the supernatural, then the you only have one conclusion left. That means it's real. And to Derek's point, I better start praying to the right side, you know, like it, it, because if I'm if I'm dabbling in the in, in, in kind of darkness, you know, if I know that's real, then there's got to be there's got to be other reality. As well. The tough thing for me is like, you know, the scripture talks about think on the things that are good and pure and true. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't want to focus on that side. I'd rather focus on the good and pure and true. And so yeah. I just don't want to ingest that and kind of have that weighing on me. Like, I, mm-hmm. I feel that oppression, like the spiritual kind of weight, you know, with that stuff. And I just don't, I just don't want that. I know it's real. I've seen it. I've, you know, I believe the scripture, you know, like I grew up in a charismatic church. I've seen demons get cast out, but like, it, it's not something I want to focus on. You know what I mean? So, 
Anyway. I'm I'm with you, Brody. I'm I'm a I'm I'm a pass on this one, dog. I ain't with that. <laughs> Jesse, did you even bring your slice? We were just talking about horror movies. Yeah, yeah. The, that scavenger hunt. Uh, oh, yeah, a oh yeah, the scavenger hunt. Yeah, 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 in the cars. Calculator. Yeah. All right, we gotta move along. What do you have, Jamie? Okay, so we have talked um recently about um remember we talked about the Amazon thing, the bringing packages to your house, and then we talked about the drone. The, yeah, then we talked about the video in your house that can mm-hmm. you can oh, yeah, ask yeah. it fly around and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's all this conversation about like, you know, robots, how they enhance our life, but then they can feel scary. But I got a good one for you guys today. Actually, just this week, the LA Fire Department unveiled the country's first, ready, robotic firefighting device. And so mm. this is a robot <laughs> that is a firefighting vehicle. All right. So, you know, there's a lot of challenges with firefighting. My brother used to be a forest firefighter. So I'm always drawn to stories like this, but this is called the Thermite RS3. It has the ability to put out 2,500 gallons of water per minute. Wow. I don't know how much a regular ho- a man holding a hose saying, can put out, but lot? I don't think it's that much. I don't have context. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're telling us it's a lot, so it's a okay. lot. It's a lot. Um, but so it also has high definition video feedback, so it can get into difficult conditions. Basically, this is a really cool thing because there's a lot of dangerous things. Obviously, this is the most obvious statement melt? of the day. Because like, it's it's built to not melt. But metal melts, plastic melts, wires melt, camera lenses melt. Listen, Cameron, I don't know why it doesn't melt. I just know. Leave me alone, man. I just read the article and just said that it don't melt. Leave me alone. Jamie, just give me a hard time. Cameron and I together have literally built a heat shield one time. Now, it was a children's project with pipe cleaners and straws and stuff. We know how to make a heat shield and an adult space yeah, yeah yeah so so okay I, I, yeah i'm sure it's very can, difficult well yeah. listen it probably has a heat shield on it is all i'm yeah. saying because <laughs> i don't think that you know they're gonna unveil the very first one and then have it melt on its first uh, firefighting <laughs> expedition but it was just introduced this week actually but then they put it on a fire a commercial structure and it proved its value from the start so this is a good thing right here yeah uh, it's gonna help Keep firefighters safe because it can go in where other where firefighters would be in danger. So well, people people are go. scared about the robotic revolution, how it's going to change our economy and how automation and robots will be taking jobs and all this stuff. But when it comes to jobs that humans shouldn't, are dangerous. yeah, are dangerous yeah. and stuff like give mm-hmm. them to the robots. That'd be yeah. great to go. have a, have an army of robot firefighters. Love it. And I just want to say one thing. Cameron and I made the second best heat shield at space camp. Just because some nerd MacGyver on another team learned yeah. how to <laughs> fold up a gum wrapper <laughs> to vent the heat out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, professor. Though. I didn't know this was, you know, uh, an, an engineering task. It, we made the second best one and I stand by that. It's true. All right, Derek, what do you have? All right. I got somewhat of a twofer, but it's really not. They're very, very closely related. But so uh, COVID cases are going up and people think it's because of small gatherings. And we got the uh, holiday season is upon us, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, et cetera, et cetera. So the CDC has put out its guidelines. And one of the things I thought that was extremely hilarious was maybe you should have your Thanksgiving dinner outside with your family and friends. I'm like, if you are in Michigan, oh, yeah. to have a Thanksgiving mm-hmm. dinner outside is all bad. Did you I see thought- Fauci's not Fauci said that he's 
his he, adult daughters are not coming to Thanksgiving dinner. They're going to just zoom yeah. and he's just going to have dinner with his wife and maybe uh, a na- next door neighbor that comes over regularly. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Which is, which is sad, you know, especially this time. Cause this is big family time. Like some people only see their family, like once distant family once a year mm-hmm. is because they get the one week off to go for Christmas or Thanksgiving. So it's really going to be kind of sad, but to lighten you guys mood, As I was on this trail, I found out that there's some very, uh, very, I don't know if they're smart. I guess they'd be entrepreneurial Brigham Young students who have been intentionally giving themselves COVID. This can't be true, Derek. And the reason they're giving themselves COVID, why would you guess? First off, if you were a college student, what would be your guess of why you would intentionally get COVID? I know what your first- to, okay. I think Brigham Young, that means they're Mormons. So they're missionary age, stuff like that. I would think they're get, getting it. Okay. So then they can overcome it, build up immunities, and then give their blood or plasma to other people who have had it. Oh my God, bro. You dead on it, man. There you go. Wow. Did you read it, Cameron? <laughs> no. <laughs> they are straight giving themselves COVID, but it's not for the honorable reason you say. It's just purely for money. <laughs> oh, so then they can go donate sell and get paid. Dude, yeah, selling plasma was a big thing when I was in college. Yeah. They, like, listen, I've been bro- in college. I was broke. It yeah. was ramen noodles every day, but there was nothing in me that said, "Yo, I'm about to go get swine flu so I can go get these plasma." <laughs> you can smell- hey, when I was in college, I, I sold plasma once. Like, you can go oh. into like a thing. And they, you know, when you're desperate, and, and you know, guys, I wish I could show you my scar. Right? It looks like that I used to be a drug user, and if you did, that's okay. Like Jesus can, you know, take care of all yeah. of us. But it Hallelujah. looks like. I used to be a drug user because Jesse, I didn't sell plasma one time. I was a active plasma seller yeah. because that was your part-time job. Was guys, selling listen, plasma. I'm not saying this is when I was in college. I was the mom to two children. Yeah. So let me tell you, I would go to the plasma place. They had a little daycare. I would lay down on the table. They'd give me a blanket. I would read a book and someone would watch my children. I would lay there for an hour and I would walk out with $35. And I said, this is the best You're getting hour paid to take a nap. Five weeks. I got paid to read a book and have them watch my kids. And, and they'll was, give you like juice and cookies too to keep your blood sugar oh, up. Yes. And a snack. I got $35 yes. for Oreos and some orange juice. And, and I'm reading my book. Yes. So I'm, I'm not doing it anymore, Jamie, but listen, serious? I am dead serious. You got a little right Visa card. So they filled good. up your Visa card. <laughs> Visa card, burner phone, anything you. That's what I'm talking about. Totally untraceable. Totally untraceable, by the way. Jesse mentioned it, but we went to Christian college and they, they recruited hard on our campus because they the knew the kids people? were living yeah. clean pretty much. And we had oh, clean yeah. blood oh, and they were like wow. signs for like 40 bucks and get 40 bucks. Yeah. Easiest thing you'll do to make money. And like nobody wanted part-time jobs. So they would just go down a couple times a week and get plasma. Yeah. Easiest thing you can do to make money. I'm about to go donate some plasma right now. I thought that was funny. I'm like, wow. That's crazy. So they aren't doing it because they're doing it as mission, as no. helping the, yeah. Brigham Young is like, please stop doing it. You could <laughs> die. <laughs> they're still college students, I guess. Terrible flaws in your plan. Children, yeah, kids. All right. Yeah. Stay tuned. Up next, Eugene Cho joins us. You said that you would never leave. Oh, oh, oh. And I know that you are human.
You're listening to Maverick City Music featuring Naomi Rain. The song is Never Leave. It's off their brand new album they just dropped. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Eugene Cho is not only the new president of Bread for the World, but he's also the founder of One Day's Wages, which is a movement with a mission to alleviate world poverty. Along with his global initiatives, Eugene is an author and the founder and former senior pastor of Quest Church in Seattle. It's one of our heroes. Our very own Tyler Huckabee sat down with Eugene to talk about how Christians can stop being jerks online, novel thought, and his work with Bread for the World. Here's part of our conversation with Eugene Cho. something that we've seen a lot to sort of justify some of the really harsh language being used by Christians is this idea that we're in sort of a crisis moment and well, desperate times call for desperate measures. How would you respond to that? You know, this is not exclusively a Christian problem. We all know this, that there's a larger, I think, wave Kool-Aid, a larger sea of toxicity, of incivility that is rampant in our larger culture. And I think as Christians, maybe in our desire to be relevant, in our desire to speak up, in our desire to contend for truth. I mean, those things have always been part of, of, I think, Christian identity. Like we should be contending for the truth. We should be speaking up. And sometimes the idea that being nice doesn't necessarily work. And therefore, we're going to engage in the practices of our larger culture. I think the other part is that, you know, when it's all said and done, while Christians place their identity in Christ, we're also really just depraved, sinful, mean-spirited people that are still working out through some issues. And I have said to, on many occasions, with a lot of criticism that in my years as a pastor and a leader, I've learned that the most difficult people to lead to Jesus are actually Christians because we can be so set on our ways. And so when you read all of these statistics that come out every now and then by Barna or Pew, Pew Research Report about how Christian this nation is, I mean, we should probably, there should be an asterisk to say it's probably cultural Christianity. So tell me what you think happened here. How exactly did Christians get caught up in this broader trend towards extremely divisive rhetoric, especially online? You know, I think the internet hasn't helped in the toxicity and it's easy to blame the internet for everything. But what I mean by that is the years of, I think, having the luxury of anonymity where you can say whatever you want without accountability after a while, it has an impact on your soul. You know, it slowly degrades on you. Now, there's no scientific proof for that, but we do know in research that there's been increase 
in anonymity, uh, in in trolling, in the manner in which we engage things because of the luxury of anonymity. And now it seems as if what used to be said behind anonymous avatars are now being said in person or with your identity known. There's obviously that aspect, but I also think we should acknowledge the fact that our society on the whole, it runs on the currency of fear and fear mongering. And I'm not trying to demonize all media or all journalists, because I actually think they're so important to any healthy democratic society, but it's also a business. As a pastor of a local church for many, many years, one of my frustrations has always been that the only time pastors get in the news is when there's like a crisis, a moral failure, or bad news. And so that paints and colors people's perception of pastors. Clearly, we're not perfect, but we're not just all 98% walking drama, power abuse. I would tell people, let's not join the frenzy of fear-mongering and dehumanizing and vilifying do you have any ideas for what we can do? Like some, t- some of these conversations that, that can be divisive, they're also very important. And they're about things like, like racism, uh, the inequality that we do need to have, and we don't want them to be divisive. Do you have any practical ideas for how we can do a better job? Because everything is politicized, I keep trying to remind people we have to first seek first the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of a political political party or politicians. So not get bogged down in trying to become, as someone called me recently, an operative of a particular party, you know. So I do have some concrete things that we should do. And number one is this. Sometimes I think to myself, am I saying or speaking to simply be about me or because I genuinely care, not just about that topic, but I care about that person? I don't hope that makes sense because there is a possibility that we say or do things for the sake of, I want to make sure I'm saying the right thing, that I'm um, uh, just and, and so forth. And it's not always about wanting to benefit and to love and to care for that person. There's a genuine commitment for that person, which is the reason why I think many of these conversations should really be done out of the context of relationships. So somebody recently asked me, so do you have any advice during this election season how we should talk to our neighbors that we disagree with? And my answer is the fact that we're asking that question during the election season is the problem. You're having that conversation at the nadir of our society right now. It's not going to go well. So obviously we're in it, so we got to have it. But I would just say after the election season, whether your candidate of choice locally, state, nationally wins or loses, my question is, are you still committed to loving your neighbor? I'm going to ask you a question here that might sound kind of simple, but I hope you can follow my heart on this. Uh, To what extent does the Bible back up a political platform? For me, the Bible, scriptures, theologically, personally, I believe it to be the word of God. But I also want to be very honest in saying that there are still things about scripture that's very confusing. If it's not, I want my money back from seminary because I invested a lot of money to go there to better understand scripture. That was a ripoff, Princeton Seminary. A little advertisement there for Princeton. Um, So, and we've had many churches and Christians have both contentious and robust conversations about Bible theology interpretation. 
I don't worship the Bible. I worship Jesus. So I'm trying to assess the personhood, the character, the teachings, the very life and essence of Jesus. And because the kingdom of God, that theology of the kingdom of God, it's so prominent in the New Testament, I believe it's recorded in the gospel, 68 times in the gospels, Jesus teaching about the kingdom of God, the book of Acts, he crucified, risen, comes back, and the book of Acts, can't remember the specific reference, shares how Jesus comes back and teaches the disciples about the kingdom of God. And so specifically, I think this kingdom theology is really important. I think one of the best ways for us to understand this kingdom theology is to acknowledge that the kingdom of God isn't a nebulous kingdom. There is a king, his name is Jesus. And the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes gives us a glimpse of those kingdom ethics. Now, does it give specific questions about governance and about these things? I don't think so. Some may disagree, but I honestly, within, I can't say with integrity, yes, it does. It does these three things. We have a level of freedom. So I just think it's really important for us as Christians then, if our allegiance isn't to the kingdom of a political party, and if it's to Jesus, then let's make sure that it's based upon his personhood, his character, his integrity, surely his teachings. And I focus every time I vote, um, I spend time just reading the Sermon on the Mount before I vote and after I vote. And then I take a shower afterwards. And finally, and I know this is a lot of us this year, uh, what would you say to people who just don't really want to vote, who just don't see any point anymore? I think for a lot of folks, if you're not an evangelist for either party, I think there's many of us that feel. And here's the thing. This is not going to go away. As kingdom citizens, we're called to be good citizens here on earth. We're called to seek the peace of the city. And I think one way, it's not the totality, one way that we can do this is to exercise some of the rights and privileges of what it means to be good citizens here on this earth. The person who's given me, I think, a most sense of perspective on this and so many matters is a theologian by the name of Gerhardus Voss. Now I feel like I'm really just propping up Princeton, but he was a Princeton theologian. And Gerhardus Vos, he's actually the one who coined the phrase that a lot of Christians and pastors use, but have no idea where it came from. He's the one that coined this phrase, the kingdom here and not yet. So as to suggest, as Christians, we believe Jesus is Lord The tomb is empty, he's risen, but the kingdom of God, the reign of God hasn't fully come upon this earth. So that's good news because that means we understand theologically that Jesus is still Lord, God is in control. But the bad news is is that means that we're living in a sense and a state of tension. So I feel this all the time. You feel this all the time. Like we understand, like we know we're supposed to have hope and we do have hope. But man, on any given week, I'm going through a roller coaster of crestfallenness, highs, everything in between. And so when people talk about voting, and if they don't feel um, satisfied, or there's dissonance, or there's dissatisfaction, they feel yucky in some ways. And I know that's not the most articulate word, but it's because of the fact that as Christians, we believe in this kingdom here and not yet. We have to just understand there's no perfect candidate. Why? Because 
that said person is not running for office, right? If it was up to us, we would think we're the perfect candidate, but I would still nevertheless encourage uh, sisters and brothers uh, to exercise that privilege, right, and burden to vote. I'm going to just do one more plug, and it's not about Princeton. I want people to check out bread.org slash Eugene. And it's just a way for people to learn more about the work that I'm doing right now in D.C. with advocacy around policies and politics. I'm spending a lot of time with Congress people and senators, and we're, we're just here trying to advocate for those who are experiencing hunger uh, and poverty in unfathomable scales right now. One out of every three American families are having a hard time putting food on the table. Uh, 40% of black and brown families, about 270 million people around the world on the brink of starvation. And so we're urging our lawmakers to do the right moral, courageous thing. So this is a really important time where these issues are getting lost to hear debates take place and not have any thoughtful policy conversation about people who are struggling to put food on the table, who are on the brink of starvation around the world is obscene. And so I just wanna urge Christians to remember in the frenzy of all of these things, let's remember who we are, who we worship, what we're about as kingdom citizens. As Eugene Cho, make sure to check out his book, Thou Shall Not Be a Jerk, A Christian's Guide to Engaging Politics, and all the work they do at Bread for the World. Stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback. You're listening to Jaden featuring Justin Bieber. Song is falling for you. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, so last week, the question of the week, Jesse was talking about his family's predicament, about what are they going to do as a full family costume situation this year? There's nothing to pull from other than Tiger King. So we wanted to crowdsource it, and we asked you for last week's question of the week for your best creative, timely, funny costume ideas. You guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. And you also messaged us on Relevant Magazine's Instagram page. Here's a few of our favorites. Well, this is from Evan Penn. He said, wear very baggy sweatpants, a stained t-shirt, a bathrobe, slippers, and have bedhead. When people ask, what are you? You just say, don't ask. It's not a costume, but an accurate representation of 2020. Yeah, it's like, it reminds me of that boyfriend on Seinfeld that Elaine dated, where there's, where he had lost his job and just kind of is floating through life. And he likes wearing a, a sweatshirt with a big stain. She's like, we're supposed to go out to eat. Well, you got a big stain on your shirt. What is that? He's like from a meatball and she's like you already ate he's like it's from yesterday it's like we're all in that boat now okay <laughs> we're life. all that guy so that, that's a fine <laughs> costume oh my gosh uh maurice atkins said a corona beer bottle <laughs> <laughs> do, do you say yeah for real that's 2020 for a lot of people and a wine yeah yeah. Uh, Jacob, man, Jacob's got that, that gallows humor that I enjoy. Jacob Beatabach, he says, it's a bit edgy, 
But how about Herman Cain's Twitter ghost? Yo! <laughs> you, know, you, know how, you, know, you know, I mean, uh, HUD, HUD secretary Herman Cain, former presidential candidate, died of COVID after going to a Trump rally a few months ago, but he's still tweeting. That's the yeah. craziest thing is the Herman Cain Twitter account is bringing some hot takes, including downplaying the, the seriousness of COVID, yeah. which is the craziest Wait, thing. Yeah, well, still his, tweeting? His team is tweeting yeah, yeah, yeah. on his account. But they're doing like GOP talking points, yeah. including downplaying COVID from the account of the dude who died from COVID. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. It feels like we need a publicist to step in. Or <laughs> <laughs> just, just common sense. I yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, th- th- with that political party, I, I don't think publicist uh, uh, <laughs> is the top of their list. If, if so. Not at all. They, yeah. If they have one, they're probably the worst person at their job that anybody's ever been bad at anything. Um, uh, Gabriella said the fly that seems to show up every debate. I do like debate fly, you know, like debate I fly. like the you debate could, fly. You could, you that's could, a complicated, that's a complicated build though. Yeah. But, but, it, but if you, if you're wearing a fly costume, right, if you, if you just find a generic fly and then, you know, maybe like a rolling podium or something, you know, or, like or a, you could wear a big white wig, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. a man's white wig and put a big old black blotch on it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like very creepy, ominous fly. Reed Buck says, let's go as the mask. <laughs> like the mask, Jim the, Carrey, Jim Carrey, the mask. I thought that was great. That yeah. is funny. Yeah, underrated film, and look, mask are really hot right now. Is Everybody, it? Yeah, is it, is I don't know if it's underrated. underrated. I don't know if it's underrated. I mean, it's, it's, rated, it's rated at where it should be. I think it's all overrated. Hey, I don't know. We'll maybe see. it's just because I was very impressionable at the time. Jim Carrey went on his hot streak back in the day, you know, and I thought he's the funniest human alive. But I, I wouldn't mind revisiting it. And and uh, he's not, he's not a good Biden though on SNL. He's yeah, not. you like him? Yeah, no. No, I just don't think he's captured that thing. I need yeah. like an actual character actor. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's just Jim Carrey. Doing I watched it this Jim morning. Carrey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh says you could be a baker and carry around your sourdough starter. I, That's a good one. one actually, thing that I decided I, I didn't undertake during COVID, but I know enough people who did. Where they'd be like, "Oh, cool, sourdough guy," you know? Oh, or sourdough yeah. So girl. many people were baking early on in COVID. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's before right. people just kind of gave up. I will say this, uh, uh, speaking to Derek Slice earlier, the one person, the, the one group that's about to have the best Thanksgiving ever is uh, is Boston Market. And here's why. Because <laughs> real quick, around the board, has anyone been to a Boston Market in the last five years? I drove no, by no. one the other day and no. I'm like, who's going through there at lunch? And be like, oh, I think a, I think a big hunk of turkey, turkey and stuffing with, yeah. with, and, and, and cranberry sauce on top on a giant roll. I think that that big gut bomb was the perfect way <laughs> to start my afternoon. Right. Like, but everyone's doing Boston Market this year because no one It's like, oh, no, one's coming over. I'm not going to do a whole turkey. We just, you know, drive uh, through. Yeah. Well, touchless you, delivery from in, old Boston Market. If you live in the South. Cracker Barrel got you together. Like Cracker Barrel for Thanksgiving, I was skeptical, and but one of my homies showed me the, the spread. I was like, "Dang, okay, yeah. I might have to, I might have to buy." Listen, if you can't cook, if you can't cook, and you're hosting a Thanksgiving celebration, just go to Cracker Barrel, and everybody's gonna think that you're the best cook ever, best southern cook ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's the game. That's the yeah. game. I'm giving it to you. You put this it in your you. own dishes when you yeah. bring it home. You yeah. feel yeah. me? Even pull it out of the oven. You feel yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I would do. 
Yeah. I'll pull that mug straight out the oven. Look at this turkey I did. Why is it, why is it cold, Derek? Uh, <laughs> why is it pre-sliced in the oven? Um, this chicken fried steak, I didn't know you had a deep fryer. Just don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a lot more that came from. If you're looking for your own creative uh, costume ideas, uh, our, our Twitter followers are full of them. Full of something. All right, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. So a few minutes ago, we were talking about uh, creative ways to make some money as a college student. Those entrepreneurial BYU students are making some money with the COVID prices, jacking up plasma value. Um, Learn that Jamie, as a young mother, uh, participated (laughs) to make a little... Make ends meet. Well, little spending cash, money. guys. Yeah. yeah. A little fun money. Mm-hmm. So we want to know what's the most, uh, I don't know, what's the craziest thing you've ever done for a little for a little cash, for a little spending money, make a little money on the side. Now, we're not talking about a job, Do like a real job. for a little piece of change, baby. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, have, I have a really good one. I really good one, but I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. Oh, you're going to save yeah. it. Yeah, all right. Save it. Save it. Yeah, so, what did right, you do? Hit us up on uh, Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can message us or post on the episode uh, page comment there at uh, Relevant's Instagram account, Relevant Magazine. Well, many thanks to Eugene Cho for joining us. You can follow him on Instagram at Eugene Cho. And apparently you can check out two more conversations with him at Jamie's podcast, The Happy Hour. Well, I mentioned on Friday's podcast that over at RelevantMagazine.com, we've launched two new newsletters. They're not inbox fillers. They're actually curated to help you engage with the content that you want from Relevant. Number one, we have a new daily newsletter sent out every morning with the top five things happening at Relevant that day. Top trending articles or podcasts or videos or whatever it is. Not everything we're doing, just the top five. It's a quick scan every morning to keep you in the loop about what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. We also have launched a new daily devotional series called Deeper Walk. It's in our God section. And in in addition to posting a Deeper Walk article every morning, we also have a Deeper Walk newsletter. So when you wake up in the morning and you roll over, check your phone while you're laying in bed right there at the top of your inbox could be a little three to five minute devotional to start your day the right way. Check out Deeper Walk in our new daily newsletter over at relevantmagazine.com. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. And I'm broke. (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll see you friday have a good weekend thanks for listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. I couldn't find spikes for the candy, but I have a tremendous amount of knives. Relevant Podcast Network. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.